Hey you guys, welcome to episode 6 of Project Liz. I am your host, Elizabeth Richardson. I'm excited to bring you this episode because it is going to be a conversation with myself and a woman I have met through the social media platform of Facebook. Her name is Jaylee. I had added Jaylee um, maybe a couple weeks ago. We talked a little bit, but she made a post yesterday which is Sunday, and she talked about being quiet about the pain that she's went through and being a victim of mental and emotional and physical abuse and how that really created a sense of anxiety for her at a young age. And the more she went into her her, her post, it made me think back on different things that have occurred in my life that now as being my own boss, I'm now reflecting and getting more time to think and work on these, these skeletons that I have in order to improve myself and my self-love in developing my own mind and mentality to to be vulnerable with my emotions and be aware of my actions, especially with the actions I put, um, the energy that I bring to any situation that I attend and also for myself. So I'm very excited that Jaylee and I have talked and I want to bring her on. So you guys, please welcome Jaylee. This is going to be an exciting conversation and I look forward to your guys' feedback on this. Do me a favor and comment, share this with your friends, subscribe to the podcast. Her and I are looking forward to showing you our transparency and this is a, a big leap for both of us in different ways, but we are so excited to bring our minds together, bring our lives together, and expose it ourselves. That's the, the big victory on this, is that we're going to come together and talk about it. You guys, I'm excited for this conversation, and I know you can't wait, so here it is, you guys. Enjoy. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to to like talk about this, the topics we were discussing. Yes. <clears throat> Can you hear that on my end or no? I just heard like a little noise, but no, not really. Okay. okay I just turned my volume down. Okay. So... We were um, talking before, last, actually last night, about um, anxiety and social phobia. Yes. And um, I never, like, so a little bit about me is, so I'm the youngest out of three kids, and my brother and sister are 10 and 11 years older than I am. So oh, I'm wow. basically the only child. Right, right. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, right, right. <laughs> 
So I basically grew up by myself and like with everything, my parents got divorced when I was in third grade and all I know is like it, it hurt our family, but I didn't know because I was so young, like the emotions that I was dealing with or knowing until I got older. And then I always had like a stigma against against people and then when you like go through puberty in high school like girls aren't always the nicest right and so I put my wall up a lot with like even just making friends even making girlfriends or trusting women and also men so um when you made your post it just like it just really resonated with me because of Mm -hmm. what I've experienced and what mostly all the emotions are coming up right now as I've like I sat down for my corporate job and I've been an entrepreneur on my own for like four months. I've been having three businesses for over a year, but um, just just that adjustment, all these emotions came up, and now I'm like now I'm currently dealing with most of them. Right. So I really I want to hear your story or whatever you'd like to share on it because I didn't. I did research a little bit on social phobia and I didn't know there was different levels of it, the intensity yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of, it's like a world that we're in since we're so social media based, but mm-hmm. even being like behind the screen and then meeting somebody, I get anxiety, but I just never recognized that as social phobia until you had actually said that. Right. Um, yeah, first I want to say and congratulate you on pushing through and being successful in life and continuing to pursue your dreams um, because yeah. you're welcome. Definitely um, someone who can relate to you as far as um, isolating themselves or not opening up or having a hard time opening up and making friends you know, that does affect you, how successful you can be because you have to network. So that means you have to interact with other people. But when you have anxiety or social phobia, it's a lot harder to do that, especially when you don't understand it. You don't even know where to begin to understand it. Um, You know, just like you found in your research, there's multiple levels of social phobia, okay? now, if you have a high level of social phobia mixed with a high level of anxiety, that's very difficult to navigate through life and network or socialize, you know. And the, the hardest thing for people like me is that we have a desire to network and to have friends, a huge circle of friends, but it's just not realistic, um, I'm not saying that we can't have friends. You can most definitely have friends. Do you have to work hard at making friends? Most definitely. Um, It's not going to come easy. You know, so I can definitely relate to you on that. Um, Especially like you mentioned as well, um, making connections with women. Um, I too, definitely when going through high school. um, Yep. Like you said, Girls are not nice. (laughs) So that in itself is going to make you isolate yourself, Um, especially if, you know, you have a good heart and you just don't respond to that type of energy. But um, for me, I'm going to start with when the symptoms of anxiety started for me, and that was at the age of five. Um, At the age of 
Yeah. At the age of five, did I know what was going on with me? Absolutely not. But I knew something was off. And this is how I would know. Every time I would go to the grocery store with my mother or anybody for that matter, and, you know, obviously it's large crowds there. And um, I would start to feel very uneasy, very uncomfortable to the point that I would cry. Um, mm. And I, you know, I um, grew up with four other siblings. I have three sisters and one brother. I'm the middle and I'm the oldest. Um, and, you know, they would tease me like, oh, what, why are you, what are you crying for? You're just going in the store. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, we're here with you. And I couldn't really articulate myself. I couldn't explain why I was so afraid to go in this store. And it would frustrate me because I'm like, I would look at other people and I'm like, you know, or look at my siblings, look at my mother, anybody I was with. And I'd be like, why is it so easy for them to go into the store? They don't seem bothered. They don't seem afraid. They seem relaxed. They seem, I mean, you know, they're laughing, they're smiling, but that's not the way I feel. And I don't understand because I, why, why do I feel this way? I don't have a reason to feel this way. And so that, that, that would, that would be like a common thing for me. Anytime I had to be somewhere outside of my home, I was feeling this tremendous amount of fear, of not feeling comfortable, nervous, um, just all over the place in my thoughts. And I'm like, I don't understand, you know, I, I, I'm like, what is going on? So I'm going through grade school and I'm going to school and it's happening there. I mean, I had a complete meltdown one time. I'll never forget this. When I went to school, a complete meltdown, to the point they had to call my mother. I just, I, I didn't want to speak to anybody, be around anybody but my mother, because that was my comfort zone. And, you know, and I'm still not understanding what's going on. Like my brother and sister, or sisters, you know, they went to school and they're making friends and they enjoy being at school and everything's fine for them. Why, why am I different? Um, I used to model as a child. And, and why I say at the age of five is when like, it really hit me. Um, like I had a competition, like an event or something like that, where I had to model. And I was actually, um, there was a woman, uh, who saw it after talent, um, for commercials or whatever. And so I remember like the week prior, my modeling coach kept, you know, telling me like, this is a really big deal. You need to, you know, make sure you're on point, basically all this pressure, of course. And, you know, I'm like, well, this kind of comes with, with, with this industry, you know, so I, I wasn't bothered by the pressure and I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm capable of this. You know, I'm, we've been practicing, you know, uh, uh-uh. I get right, on stage. You don't know anything right. different than like at that age. Right. Right. It's hard for you to understand a lot of stuff. And even when you think you're understanding something, you're most likely not. So, and right. that's exactly what happened. Um, that day of the event came and um, <clears throat> it's getting time for me to go walk the runway and it's my turn to go up and I start to walk down. And next thing I know, I feel like my legs are like noodles. And I wow. like, I literally cannot move. And I see this lady sitting in the, the audience, you know, looking at me. And I knew who she was because my modeling coach had already um, told me, you know, what she looked like and who she was, blah, blah, blah. 
So I'm now I'm starting to feel embarrassed. Now I'm starting to feel like a failure. So I'm feeling all these emotions on top of the, the main one of I feel funny and I don't know what's going on. So I try to move my legs. I do a little bit, but obviously it looks weird and it's all funky. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like I, my breathing starts messing up. Um, I'm sweating. My hands are sweating. Everything is just sweaty. I almost don't see anybody else in the room but this lady. So like I'm starting to not even really be there. You know, like my body was there, but my mind was starting to take me to a whole nother place. So I run off stage and I start crying, you know, and of course, um, some of my family that was there and obviously my modeling coach, you know, comes up to me and is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What happened? What happened? You know, just as confused as me. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I just don't feel comfortable. This doesn't feel comfortable. And it was weird for all of us because I enjoyed modeling. I enjoyed, um, traveling and, and, you know, staying in hotels and doing these auditions and, and all these things. I enjoyed all of that. It was something cool. You know, no one else that I knew was doing that at the time. My siblings weren't doing that. You know, it was cool. And then this one day I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And after that, you know, I continued to go through life. I'm having moments where I'm experiencing the same thing and still not really understanding what's going on with me. Well, it wasn't about until I'd say freshman, sophomore year of high school, I said, I've had enough. You know, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm losing out. You know, when you're a freshman and a sophomore in high school, that is your prime time to make friends. That is the prime time to make connections. That is the prime time to experiment and get your in life and, and figure out who you are. Well, I'm not able to do any of that. And it's really messing with me because my friends are, my siblings are, strangers that I may see just casually out and about. You know, I look at them and I'm like, well, they seem to be doing all right out in public. What's what's going on? Like, what is wrong with me? So I started to, yeah, I started to do research on my own. Um, I've always been that type of person. I'd rather find the answers myself before I go asking um, because I'm the one that only knows me and I'm the one that only knows exactly how I'm feeling. So that's what I did. And I started coming across anxiety. Now, this word was not any word I've heard before. Okay. Anxiety. What is that? You know, the most I've heard was uh, depression and bipolar. Um, because mm-hmm. just like you had mentioned in our uh message yesterday how you know you're it runs in the family well it runs in the family on my end as well so I was familiar with depression and bipolarism but at the same time was I even did I even really fully comprehend both of those two things absolutely not right you know I knew the word right it's just word you know of it you may know some a few signs of what it looks like you know but do you really fully understand it no so I'm reading and I'm like, well, maybe it's not anxiety. Let me continue reading, you know, like, let me continue cross comparing what I'm feeling and what they're saying you should feel for this. So that probably went on for, you know, I get to my junior year, I get to my senior year. And at this point, I'm pretty confident. That's what it is. Okay. So up, up, up until this point, I have not yet been introduced to social phobia. I, at that point as well, did not even know that that existed, that that was a, basically, it's the sister to anxiety. 
I didn't know that. So I'm at this point just treating myself or dealing with myself with the understanding that I have anxiety. Now, still at this point of senior year, I don't fully understand what's, what is happening to me currently and what is about to come. Now, that, that, I want to I point this out, um, that last part that I said, because especially when you're in that area of the unknown, you, you, you don't think that there's more to it. You know, you think what you're feeling in the moment is what it is and, and what, it, what it will be forever. Well, I was sadly mistaken on that because the thing that I didn't take into consideration is the more experiences you have or the more traumas that you may be exposed to, it is going to switch how that anxiety responds now or how you respond with anxiety, shall I say. So, you know, after senior year, now you had now you like pre-adulthood, okay? Now you got some big moves to be making in life. Well, that requires network. That requires you to have confidence. That requires you to be sure, even when you're not sure, but you're like, I, I mean, what could go wrong? You know, like, you got to try everything once. But I was limited in that area because anxiety was telling me, no, you're not capable of doing that. Are you crazy? You're not confident enough to do that. Uh, no, that's not on the schedule this week. We can't, no, mm -mm, that's going to require too much interaction. We can't do that. And at the time, wow. when, you're first, when you're first learning about any uh, flaw in yourself um, or any setback that you may have in yourself, you ain't, you're not going to be strong enough to fight against it. You know, the first stages of understanding what's going on with you, it's more like if that's when any illness or condition that you're suffering from has the most power. It isn't until you gain as much knowledge as you possibly can that you will be able to beat it or have a very close attempt at beating it. Because, you know, some of these mental illnesses, there is no cure. It's only about how well you can maintain it Handle or... It right handle it or adjust to it even make it work for you but it's it, it's time that's required in order for you to perfect that okay so at this time I'm again I'm not even aware that I also suffer from social phobia you know right now I just think it's anxiety and, and even with that I still don't fully understand it I don't fully understand that my body is going to respond differently or my mind is going to respond differently possibly in six months from now I didn't None of that crossed my mind until it had to cross my mind, until I found myself in a situation where it was like, okay, I was here before, and I know I'm going to get nervous, and I might back out of it, and this and that, but then I started noticing it started affecting my body. So at first, it was a mental attack. It would, it would, it would attack me with thoughts, negative thoughts. Then it transferred to my body, and, and I'll explain what I mean by that is um, I did have that one episode um, with the, when I was walking down the runway where I said my legs basically gave out. I had no, it felt like I had zero control over them. Well, that intensified to the point I would be embarrassed to even get up and walk to the bathroom because I was in fear that somebody would notice that my legs are unbalanced, they're wobbly, that I, I look funny, I look like, you know, I'm walking like a duck or something. You know, in which, which with anxiety, 
that's the last thing that you want to do. First off, you don't want to be center of attention. Second off, you don't want to be the topic of conversation in a negative way. So, you know, I, I'm sitting here. I mean, and this is this is how serious this is. I am holding my bladder, causing damage internally because I'm too afraid to get up and go to the bathroom because I have this overwhelming feeling about me that's going to make me walk funny. And then I'm afraid people are going to see me and talk, talk all types of negative stuff and make fun of me. That's, that was the reality of what was going on. And then my hands, I sweat really bad when, it, when my anxiety is uh, really high. My hands sweat profusely to the point I, I become very self-conscious, very self-conscious because I don't want no one to touch me and I don't want to touch anybody. But then that makes me look like I'm not affectionate. That makes me look like I'm, I'm isolating myself. That makes me look like I don't like anybody. And, you know, when you send those type of messages, guess what people are going to think? They're going to think those get things. get the wrong impression. Right. They're yeah. going to get the wrong impression of you. And that was the last thing I wanted. You know, because I'm not that person. And that that would really mentally mess with me. Um, and that ties into the whole networking thing. Like I said, especially when you're young, you know, you're in grade school. Even in high school, you want to make connections. I, it's natural. It comes easily. You know, you, you, you feel that that's the thing you're supposed to be doing. So I'm wanting to make these connections, but I can't because my body and my mind are working against me. That's the most frustrating thing in the world. Your heart, you want to be a certain way. Your heart is a certain way, but your mind and your body is, is working against you. How, how is anyone to process that for real? Especially someone who doesn't have all of the knowledge that they're supposed to have about this, you know? Right. I mean, because your experience at that, at such a sensitive age, like, right. just, just you talking makes me think back to like, when I used to Google things about like what I was experiencing, like I didn't know, I wasn't comfortable. My dad mostly raised me because of the situation with my mom's mind. And so mm-hmm. it's a little difficult for a young girl to go to her dad and be like, oh, dad, I don't know what's going on with my mind. But, but like when I would cry, he would tell me stop crying. Yep. So that's not someone you want to go to to yep. be like, I feel really, really weird. They're going to be like, go away. So that's what I was used to when I was younger. And now more that you're talking about, like, you're saying the symptoms you had, you don't know what you're truly experiencing until the next one comes. So like yep. I could have had anxiety since I was like 13. I mean, I moved from a private school to a public school, went from Toledo to Holland and adjusted. I was by myself. I didn't have my siblings. They're all grown up and gone. So right. I was, I was isolated and that's why I classify myself as an introvert, but maybe I'm not an introvert. Maybe I'm just, I've dealt with anxiety and it's gone to certain levels. Because when I worked at Banana Republic, I was so stressed with the retail and holding the accountability and not, like, being recognized. And my mom was the one that told me, like, your spirit is being sucked from you. You aren't who you who you used to be. It's getting worse. And I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's coming from someone. Yeah, yeah, that's when I, I knew. And now that all this is, like. Now that I'm following my path and, like, just getting to myself more, it's almost, like, it's scary, but it's also, like, a revelation because, like, your mind just develops, but you're the same body the entire right. time of your lifespan. Even though you feel like you've, you've matured, you're, you're someone new, you've just matured. You, like, it's, it's so crazy to think about, and the human body is so beautiful, but it's also, yes. it can get you to 
to bad and angry parts where you're like, I told myself for a long time, I'm not going to end up like my mom and I don't want to deal with those diseases. I don't want to be that person. And then you get in a situation where you have those characteristics, like, and, and you can't, you can't fight against it, but then you have to almost like, like you can't blanket it. You always have to like sing in a lullaby to figure out what will calm it because like we haven't even touched on social phobia because like that's something I really do have and I don't know what it is I think it's nervousness mm-hmm. but it's it's not it'll it'll prevent me from like wanting to go to a networking event like really to even show who I am because like people will sit there with me and they'll look at me like kind of blankly because when I talk I'll I'll talk but it's like I almost just want someone to ask me a question rather than just going diving into who I am because like it's almost a fear of them judging who I'm yes. what I might say to them Yes. Just, um, I, you know, to be open here and transparent, just this whole thing I'm doing right here, talking to you. I can't tell you how many thoughts I've had already throughout the day of, of backing out. And that is the reality of this, that as much as like I, I go back to when I said your heart will want something, but your mind and body may work against you. My heart wants to do this. I've wanted to talk about this for the longest. Even when I don't when even when I didn't have as much knowledge as I have on it now, I still wanted to talk about it. I wanted I wanted somebody to bounce ideas off of me, me bounce ideas off of them, somebody give me advice. Some, I wanted to hear someone else say, I know what you're going through. I go through the same thing. Let's stop going through this in silence. Yeah. But every yeah, time no, I- Every time you get an opportunity to, 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 to tell and talk, there comes anxiety. Like, uh-uh, what you think you're doing? We're not sharing nothing today. No, we not. Right, right. Because the judgment of what someone might say right. to you upon what you share with them. Right. And that's, that's so sad because, so I blog, and that's how I started just kind of trying to find my voice. But the podcast is helping me a lot more. But I tell people they can blog on my website as long as they keep a connection to fashion and travel. So I have a girl who has um, anxiety. She's 16 now, but she she came, she was over at Whitmer, and she kind of just went through a, a hard spot in her eighth grade year. But she turned around to something positive to make T-shirts. And okay. so I just gave her the gift of blogging. Another blogger who blogs with me was over – in Europe this past summer. And so she texts me like, I'm dealing with this stuff with my family. I haven't seen them in so long and I feel depressed. I'm like, girl, it's human nature. You're not used to these people. You are uncomfortable. It's okay. Like put it on black and white piece of paper, write all your emotions out, get it out. That's the whole thing is just get it out and don't harbor it. Cause I've been there. Right. Like, going to family reunions, you don't know any people and they want you to socialize. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to go up to them because I don't, I don't really know them. And that's that anxiety. I'm holding myself back from getting to tell my family because I'm scared what they might think of who I am. Yes. Even though I'm proud of certain parts of me, but I have this, this, this wall. Yep. Yep. Even when I started, um, talking to my family about, hey, this is what's going on with me. You guys always wonder why I act this way or why I won't go to this place or why I cry if I have to go to this place. This is what's going on with me. And the thing is, when I first introduced it to them, they took it as a joke. They made jokes. Oh, wow. they, thought they thought it was funny. But and, and, you know, and just like you responded, you said, oh, wow. And I did, too. And I was hurt. 
I said, why did I look? This is not a funny thing. Like, I, I really feel like I'm being robbed of who I'm who I'm supposed to be because my my mind is telling me I can't do it, but I feel I can do it. Do you know how how hard that is? Well, every day you 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 believe you're supposed to be something more, and when you attempt to do it, your brain, your mind is telling you not to do it. That's a scary thing, you know, and so realize with telling them and them responding that way, they didn't understand. They didn't understand because this was something, nobody is talking about anxiety. I mean, hell, people were not even really discussing depression, schizophrenia, uh, split personalities. You know, that stuff was under, no, we don't, we, we talk about that behind closed doors. That's not something we have open conversation about. And if I know you have that, I'm gonna keep my distance. You know, so right, because they don't want to have to deal with it. That's so right. Uh, People are afraid, and I understand. I, I mean, if I put myself in their shoes, I gotta understand that I was afraid. I was afraid to get the answers that I got today. I was afraid to finally face myself in the mirror and say, "You have this, Jamie. Figure out how to live with it now, because it's not going anywhere." I, I, I mean, I'm 31 years old. I still battle with telling myself that. There are things to love about me. There are good things about me. This anxiety is not me. It does not define me. It's just a part of me. I still struggle with that at 31 years old. And as I said in the beginning of this conversation, I recognize symptoms of anxiety. I did not know that it was anxiety. I knew something was off at the age of five. So from five years old to 31, and I'm still dealing with things, and that's the reality of it. It's like, you know, at first when I found out about anxiety, I put a time frame on it. I said, all right, well, shoot, in two years, this better be gone. I better be, you know, <laughs> cured from this or something, you know. <laughs> and, and I was rushing. I was rushing getting healthy. Well, that was a mistake. First off, a mistake was, honey, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to be gone in two years. It's not going to be gone in five. You may, you may lessen how loud it is. And in that time frame, but it's not going anywhere. And, and the thing, you know, I, I, I went straight into, you know, me having anxiety, but I did not share where did this come from? And, um, you know, I grew up in a split home. My parents, um, at the age of three, I witnessed domestic violence between both of them. Um, and so shortly after that, um, they divorced. My father moved away to California. Um, so he was not at all present. And, you know, he wasn't physically present and he was not present with phone calls. Um, yeah, that most definitely messed with me. The seeing the abuse with me and that's where the anxiety comes into play. That's where it developed. Um, I was in an environment that was extremely unhealthy. And because I was, you know, I was for my age, um, and I, I've always been able to, you know, be a little bit more things than my peers. And, you know, at that age, seeing that, seeing two people that you love hurting each other or one of them hurting the other, and you feel extremely helpless, that takes a toll on you. Even at the age, you know, you're gonna carry, you're gonna carry like, I couldn't protect someone. 
No, I know. I I really see where you're coming from, and that's something I think right when my parents were getting to divorce, I was eight years old, and I just remember standing. And, it, and at that age, it almost feels like it's a dream. It really didn't happen. Right. But I'm almost positive I saw my dad put his hands on my mom, and then literally the next week, my parents were telling us they were getting a divorce. Right. And when you're that young, like, you don't know, especially with having such an age gap between my sister and brother, like, my dad's taking me over these women's houses, and, like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, you just don't know, and you, you don't know yourself. You don't know, like, now I know my mind is connected to my body, but you don't know what your like your mind can't process all of that at a young age so trying to connect with that you're just you're just confused and I mean it's almost heartbreaking when you start thinking about it when you're like especially an adult and looking back maybe at pictures or just reminiscing and then you just start break down crying you're like why am I crying like you know what I'm saying you're like but I don't know like that just happened to me last night like I went through pictures of old pictures of when I was in grade school and when I was with my daughter's father and I almost wanted to just get rid of them but I also was thinking of my daughter and then I just started crying because I'm like just praying that she doesn't ever remember seeing her dad do this to me when there was domestic violence issues before him and I broke up you know and and what who did I bring into this world to have is she going to experience like all these bad things or, or will she experience good things? And if I keep her busy, will this, like, it's always that like you're thinking and the anxiety just grows within you to make everything so perfect in your mind. But then when it doesn't happen in front of you, you're like, I didn't succeed. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. And you're working so much harder, but the anxiety takes over. Yep. Yep. Um, and, 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 the thing is, when, when you don't understand something, that causes fear. It's the unknown. It's like, I, I don't know what, I, what is going on. You, you, you become fearful of it. I mean, it still happens even in your adult age sometimes. You don't know something, right. you fear it. You know, and, and to have that emotion of fear uh, put in somebody at a young age when they're not developed, their mind is not developed enough to understand that emotion fear. It really messes the progression of the mind. It messes with you understanding and being able to process your emotions. You know, and then, then yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's just a vicious cycle because it, and it all starts with just the unknown. It all starts with, um, you know, being failed. Uh, if it happened to you at a young age, being failed by those around you that were supposed to teach you and to help you understand your mind and your body. But if they don't understand their mind and their body and their parents didn't understand their mind and their body. And, and, and that's why I want to talk about this. I'm tired of this going on generation after generation, year after year, um, you know, being passed down from this parent to this parent to this parent to these kids I'm, I'm that it, it, it needs to stop we need to start talking about this we need to start educating ourselves because that is the only way to somewhat beat this yeah no i agree with you so going into anything blind that it's, it's impossible you know and it's like 
And no, I, I don't feel any type of way that it's taken me third to the age of 31 to feel like I got a real good understanding of anxiety and social phobia. I'm not. I'm not. Because I really feel like this was my timetable. This was when this was supposed to happen. You know, right. I. Yeah, when you're. Yep. Mm hmm. And I find peace in that, you know, um, it, whether that's me forcing myself to look at it um, in a positive way or not, I find peace in that because all that matters to me is that I know now and, and I and I didn't completely self-destruct. So I'm still OK. And I will be OK as long as I keep that in perspective. And it's going to be a hard journey. And I think, you know, another thing that when I do talk to some people about this, a thing I'd like to stress the most is that please, please don't self-sabotage yourself by saying it's going to be easy because it's not. And I don't even lie to people. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy because it's not. This process of, of maintaining and battling your mental illness, whatever it may be, Oh, no, it ain't going to be easy. But I can tell you one thing. The prize at the end of it is you're going to be strong. You will be strong. Even though there may still be moments where you say to yourself, dang, I'm still not strong enough. Oh, oh yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, I mean, because the, the, the type of... Uh, the type of work that one has to put into themselves in order to... Uh, when with any mental condition or situation anyone has, you're, you're going to get strong at the end of it because it takes a lot. At first, I, I, I went through, and you're going to go through the, the emotions, you know, anybody who starts their, their healing process because when I first started mine, I was mad. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing all this to change me. There's nothing wrong with me. Like, you know, the people in... What'd you say? I said, it's like you were thinking, like, I'll grow out of it. Like, it's just yep. a stage. Yep. And I'll be on the other side of something else. Uh-huh. But it, it sticks with you depending on the situation or person you're talking to or what ends up coming up that wasn't supposed to happen on the day you were doing something. You know, it's just, yep. like, I get anxiety when my boyfriend and daughter talk to me at the same time but want me to do something. And I'm like, whoa, 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 three people talking. Like, I'm talking to myself trying to figure out what I would like to do, and yep. you're talking to me, you're talking to me, and then I also have to dial back and, like, okay, well, how am I being right now? How am I acting? Is this truly how I want to be acting towards the people that I love? Do I right. want to keep them near me or push them away? Right. You know, and that is a really messed up, like, it almost me, it's like, oh, I feel so messed up for thinking that way, but then I wasn't thinking this way before. Now I am. So that means that I'm being more aware of myself so I can be better for myself and people that are around me. Amen. We cannot, we cannot be afraid of our dark thoughts because that is the reality. Anxiety is a lot of dark thoughts. Depression is a lot of dark thoughts. And if you do not face them head on and acknowledge and say, you know what, that doesn't make me a bad person. This is a condition that's making me think this way. I don't want to think this way. I would never have those thoughts. That's not me. That's not my character. Right. You know, you and I and I went through the, the motions of that, too, because I was like, oh, my God, why am I having these thoughts? These are horrible. I can't that I was in denial. Right. But wow. that was only making things worse. 
because I wasn't dealing with it. Right. I was not acknowledging, no, you are having these thoughts. And no, it doesn't make you an ugly, bad person, but you are having these thoughts and they're unhealthy and you need to do something about it. You know? Wow. Like, I'm like loving our conversation because I think like two or three podcasts ago, I talked about how I had like those dark thoughts and I didn't know, I didn't think I would ever have these thoughts. I was scared to even put it out there on a podcast to, for my own vulnerable emotions, my family will hear this. They're going to think that I'm crazy. They're right. going to want to put me in a psych ward or something. Right. And I'm like, but I'm okay. I'm talking about it. So before I posted the podcast, I was like, I never told my boyfriend and he lives with me. So I was like, so do you think like if I'm talking about suicide and that kind of stuff on my podcast, I should put like a disclaimer for people to get help, like a 1-800 number? I'm not going to do this to myself because I worked through it, but like it's still a thought that I had. And he just looked at me. And he goes, wait, no, you don't need to put that. I was like, I'm not going to kill myself. He's like, I know you're not because he's, he's with me and knows me. But, like, it's nice for him not to be like, oh, my God, you're going to kill your – you know, he could have went to a complete other end of it. But he respected and knew probably a little bit more where I was coming from. But I didn't go into much detail with him because I wasn't – I don't know. I just right. – it was just how the situation happened. Right. And I don't know about with you, but me growing up, I was raised by a, a, a white woman, um, which I went to Catholic schools, which were predominantly white. Um, it was only me and two other black people. And I'm mixed, so I'm not even full African-American, but they were full African-American. So basically what I'm getting at, I'm trying to pay them, paint a picture that I was surrounded by people, number one, that would never, ever be able to relate to me as far as the, the African-American side, okay? Secondly, I'm around upper class, white. You know, I don't think I need to say any more than that. We can get an idea of right. the way that those people right. think, the way that they go through their life, the way that they, they view things, the way that they understand things. And, and right. I want to say this as a disclaimer. I'm not saying anything is wrong with the way they think. I'm just trying to paint a picture here. So you imagine you got this mixed child already. And when I was growing up, a mixed child, oh, that was still a foreign thing. There weren't too many people accepting of mixed children. Okay, so you think I'm going to go to these people and not only am I, they already are judging me because I'm, I'm, I'm half African-American, but then I'm about to tell them that I'm having dark thoughts. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's not happening. I, I, I was smart enough to know that's an immediate trip to a cycle. Like, <laughs> they, 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 they are not even going to try to hear me out. Oh, no, you thinking about stuff like that? Oh, you're a sinner. Oh, my gosh. Again, I grew up in a very Catholic, strict home. I went to Catholic schools my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I went to a Christian private school from pre-kindergarten until third grade. And, like, my my brother and sister would be able to go outside. I was not able to go outside. I'd be in the house. Like, it's funny to think about now because when I was working at Banana Republic, a guy worked there. He goes, you do look like this girl I know, Crystal. And I was like, oh, that's my sister. Well, why never see you when you were growing up? I'm like, because I was locked in the house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, 
it's the real thing because it's what parents think that they should do to try and protect you, yeah. but like, they're, they're... and there's not nothing we can do about it either. That's what our parents say is going to go down. That's what goes down. We don't know any better, right. you know. And I don't know about your your parents, but my mom wasn't teaching me, you know. Okay, if I'm going to keep you sheltered, I'm still going to teach you about this world. My mom didn't do that. She kept me sheltered and didn't teach me about the world. So mm. now, and, and then we got a mixture of anxiety. We got a mixture of social phobia. We got a mixture of PSD from, from domestic violence trauma. And you're not teaching right. about the world? When, when I'm going to face all of that in the world, guess what? And you're not ready for it. Right. The world is gonna gonna activate so many of my triggers that I don't even know are triggers because I wasn't educated on this. My mom didn't 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 teach me. All she did is want to keep me from the harm, not knowing at some point I have to face this harm. At some point, mom, you were putting harm right in front of me in our own household. Right. You know. So that that you you that all plays a part all plays a part and it took me a while to understand that I was very hard on myself I took a lot of blame for what has been done to me a lot and I blamed myself over and I said I'm the problem I'm the one that can't get it right for some reason maybe you know there's just some people in this world that are just blessed to have a beautiful life and then there's some of us that just will never have that should I accept that is that what my life is going to be but, you know, like, I feel everyone deals with, everyone has a level of anxiety that they're willing to share or not share. Mm-hmm. And I wish more people would just share because then they find a connection that they'll be able to untap something within themselves that they have hidden, but also realize by someone else, like, how you shared your Facebook post to connect with them. I I. I thoroughly believe there was probably so many people that saw your post got freaked out and just kept on scrolling because they were too scared to realize what they are dealing with them and themselves yep. to, to help relate. So they just keep on scrolling through and, and just watch it. Like, oh, that doesn't happen to me. I don't feel like it until an episode occurs. And then they're still so lost because they don't have anyone to talk to because they have that fear. Right. Yes. Now, surprisingly, I was very surprised by – the feedback that I did get from that post. There was a tremendous amount of people who, um, you know, it was a mixture of people sharing that they also um, deal with this and them as well have been living with it in hiding. And then I had people who say that they, they were very nonchalant about it. They're like, yeah, I've been through some things too. They didn't want to go into detail and I'm not going to pressure no one to go into detail, you know, but I could say, those are the people that you just mentioned. Those are the people that are trying to still be in denial. And I get it. It's a scary thing. It is a scary thing to accept this because the mind is, as we said in the beginning of this conversation, a very beautiful thing, but it is also very powerful. When you don't understand right. something that powerful, it can scare the mess out of you. So I That's get so true. You know, I understand it. I just hope maybe if more of us, more people, Start talking about it and start putting it in their face, just like every other trending thing that's going on. It's always thrown in our face. So we eventually, you know, pay it more mind than we initially did at first or even if at all, you know. So I'm hoping right. that the more of us that talk about this, the more of us that are very uh, shameless when it comes to exposing ourselves, you know. For sure. The more we put it in people's faces, 
I, I, I'm, I'm certain that over time, there's going to be a higher volume of people admitting just that first. How they feel on what they've been through. Right. That's awesome. Um, so I'm wondering if we can do a second, like, part to this and talk about social phobia. Yes, most um, likely. Not, not, yeah, cool. Not tonight, but I can text you and we can figure out what works best for us maybe another time this week to go into social phobia. So that can be a nice topic, too. Yes. And I actually want to okay. propose something to you. Um, okay. I would really, really, really love to address on this angle um, being a mother and having mental conditions, mental illnesses, whatever they may be. I really would love to share my um, journey with that because I, I think I that's going to be another section that needs to be talked about because being a parent and having mental illnesses and being and taking accountability for your mental illnesses is very hard. And it is a fear of passing it down to your children. And I, yeah. and I think that needs to be spoke about because I think that's a lot of fears of, of a lot of parents. And some of us are making a lot of mistakes because we aren't talking about it and we don't know how to deal with it. And, and especially with, with the generation. 100%. Yeah. And most of, most of these parents are young. Let's be honest with this right now. Most of us are young. We had children at a young age. We had to grow up really fast, and we didn't even know what we were doing. <laughs> so there, I know that there's, there's other mothers, other fathers, other parents out here that are battling these mental illnesses on top of being thrown into growing up super fast with these mental illnesses. And I, I just, I feel like it needs to be talked about. We, we, we need... We need it out there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm down for that. After we do the social phobia one, we can go right into that. Mm -hmm. um, because just you talking about it brought up a couple different things that I've done with, like, with my daughter to get her more aware of who she is at being just nine. Also, like, the whole bullying things that are going on. And then with parents killing their kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many different levels to that that we could really talk about yes to help people yes most definitely awesome well i'm gonna hop off of here um i will post this tonight okay and I, i'll tag you in it and i'm excited to just let people listen to it and um hopefully we get feedback so then people will know that people are out there to connect with, but just to get people to listen right. is like the biggest thing. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I enjoy Beautiful. it. Thank you for, um, you know, uh, offering this to me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you came on and we talked about it. I feel so good about the conversation. Yes, me too. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon, and you have a good night, okay? You too. Okay, bye.